Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free always follow the money that's what i always say you always follow the money yeah yeah this is follow the money with mitch moss and Polly howard on vsin Good to have you on board here. Follow the money on VSIN, the sports betting network. This show is presented by DraftKings. Jonathan Von Tobel is filling in this morning for Paulie Howard. Caught a bug yesterday, end of the show. We're doing a little uh, chit chat, right? Session with Paulie. And all, like, and he, he was struggling down the stretch. He's like, oh, I, I think I'm losing my voice. I can't talk. He's panicking. Really? And so he went to the doctor. You know how that, that process is like three hours, and he's like, I can't talk. I got to take two hours and 45 minutes of which are in the waiting room. Pretty much. Yep. yep. So it's inevitable when you work in broadcasting long enough, this will happen to you. Obviously, it's that time of year. There's, what do you do about it? There's nothing you can do. Power through. Come on. I, there was a... Uh, we don't want three hours. <laughs> talking like that the whole time. Raspy. Right. Frog in your throat the entire time. I, this is probably 12, 13 years ago. Around my birthday weekend, literally lost my voice. Could not speak. Really? And at that point, I'm thinking... I got, it's the first time and only time it's ever happened to me in my entire life. I'm like, how long is this going to happen? Yeah. Like how, what, I'm sitting there. So my, my wife took me to lunch for my for birthday. I had to write down what I was thinking to communicate. Are you serious? And I thought at that point, maybe we, I should take like sign language, which would be good to know anyway. Think about that too, actually. To, to, you know, communicate in another way. Like I, a, could not, I could not even, no, no voice, no sounds could come out of my mouth. Like DK Metcalf. Yeah. That's a that's, by the way, that's a great way to talk trash. Absolutely fantastic. You, feel, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> you do you know what this is? No, explain this actually. So DK Metcalf, um, this has been on TikTok now. He he knows sign language. He learned sign language so he could talk crap about opponents. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like pretending I can do sign. 
So he could talk. He could talk to ish. Yeah. So he could talk crap about opponents on the game without getting a penalty. And this is actually a thing. Yeah. That's, so like there was one clip that got out there. I don't know who he caught a touchdown over, but he like signed 44 is my son. And like, <laughs> and so people are like picking up on these and it's brilliant because I think it was a 49ers game in which one of the 49ers players knows sign language. So after they beat him, he responded in sign language. Get out of here. Oh, yeah. You got to look this up. It's like a whole thing. Oh, I've not heard about this. Oh, it's brilliant. It's absolutely and it's, brilliant. It's, it's like legit. So he knows. I mean, what... I am told it's legit by the so internet. You'll buy, you'll so buy obviously TikTok. It's what true. it's saying. Right. A hundred percent. I mean, don't get, don't okay. go. My, my, okay. My level of respect, first of all, for DK just went to the moon. A hundred percent. And the player on the 49ers, whoever that was, that also knows how to sign. Yes. Also to the moon. Oh, it's brilliant. It is a brilliant way to do it. Now, I'd be more vulgar with my sign language than he is. <laughs> Why? <laughs> um, okay. So last night's game, Metcalf's team won. He had a huge catch on that final drive. They had to go 92 yards JVT and a field goal obviously would have done if you missed the game last night. Did them no good at that point. They're down 17-13, and they had a couple of minutes basically to do that in. And Drew Locke led them on a 92-yard game-winning drive. The rookie from Ohio State, Jackson Smith and Jigba, caught the touchdown. And by the way, here's what it sounded like from the brilliant Kevin Harlan last night on Westwood One. The rain has started again. 29 to Philadelphia. Seattle down by four. Third down and 10. 33 seconds left. Shotgun snap. Three-man rush. Lock throws long pass down the far sideline. Caught over the shoulder. It's grabbed. Smith and Jenga. Touchdown. Touchdown. Seattle. Touchdown. There you go. Wow. Got a little excited there. Well, Harlan's the best. Oh, he's incredible. That he, would, He's one of the few play because the play-by-play guys never really registered me a whole ton. Like when people ask me about it, he's one of the few that that does register. Oh, he's, he's great. He's top of the tongue, tip of the tongue for sure. Top of mind, tip of the tongue. There you go. Mount Rushmore, modern day play-by-play guys. He's yes. absolutely on the list. So what does that mean now moving forward here? Uh, the Eagles are around minus 255 to win their division today. Now, do they win out? It goes Giants, Cardinals, Giants. I mean, they're huge favorites in all these games. The, the prob, I, I would, I would think the one that is the slip up is obviously, you know, the divisional game. The Giants is going to be tough. Arizona played really well on offense against San Francisco. Kyler, this last Ky- Kyler Murray will put a scare into the Eagles. Yes, especially because they're going to be in the spot where it's like we got nothing, we, we got nothing going on. Just go out there and ball, and let's just see if we can beat them and win this game. And I, I do think some teams like to play the role of, you know, irritant. Spoiler. Sure. So if they're the difference between Philadelphia getting a home game and a division win or a road game, I think they would love to do it. It's also quite clear that, uh, to this point anyway, the team did not want to tank this season. Yes. Right? I mean, they were going out there and trying under Jonathan Gannon with Josh Dobbs, and they're certainly giving an effort and not punting on the year to this point, like they don't, they don't, uh, again, with three games to go, it appears as if the Cardinals are like, yeah, we don't get the number one pick. That's fine. Sure. Like we're not going to, we're not going to go out there and put our, put our worst imaginable roster on the field to make sure that we lose football games. That's not happening. Nope. And I would say this too. I mean, bringing back to what the issue was with Philly, as we talked about, they're not a good defensive team. So you get Kyler Murray out there in a spot where there's like, it's just a free roll. You're just going out to play. It, it seems like a spot in which they would be extremely live. I, they, I think they have the, the, this Eagles team has plenty of warts. Yeah. By the way, is this you're telling me right now. This so is, this is one this of them. Yes. This, so this is this is great. Uh, I don't know. Is this a video or not? Because this is um, 
he signs right here. What he signs is standing on business. Um, there's another one. So he actually, he, he was, he was quoted on this. He has been in the past and I pulled this up, been fined 30, $98,033 in his career for celebrations or excessive celebrations or unsportsmanlike conduct. So he learned American sign language in the off season so he could do it. So this one was after a touchdown pass. Uh, he, he signed standing on business. Uh, it was against the Rams to Kella Witherspoon. He caught a touchdown over Witherspoon. So he signed number 44 is my son. Uh, like there's, yeah, he's got like a bunch of them. He's uh, he's, it's brilliant. I think now it's I, awesome. Well, I love. I, I mean, he's already awesome, and now just in my book, he goes up big time it's on com- a rocket ship here with the power rating. Yep, it's comparable to as people remember um, Kobe Bryant learning French so he could uh, talk smack to Tony Parker in the middle yeah. of games, like that kind of stuff. I love that. Goes out of his way like that. So that's Metcalf again. As for the Seahawks. They, they close here at the Titans, and they're a two-and-a-half-point favorite this morning at DraftKings. The Steelers at home at the Cardinals. Their updated uh, win total is eight-and-a-half, now juiced big time to the over, and their playoff odds, the yes here. Think about this for a second here. The Seahawks are 7-7. Seven and seven. They are currently the eight seed. They do not have the tiebreaker against the Rams. The Rams swept that team. Also, the Rams 7-7, seven and seven. and I would say the Rams have a favorable schedule, and keep this in mind, because of the Eagles losing again last night, there is a chance now the 49ers, if they win their next two games, if Shanahan wants to approach it like this, he can tell his players, I'm going to give you the final regular season game off. Who do they play in Week 18? It's the Rams. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if Shanahan's going to want to have two full weeks off to get ready for a playoff game. That might be a bad idea. But they actually might now, if they beat the Ravens, they're going to sail to the one seed in the NFC. Yep. So... In theory, then, Week 18 won't have anything to play for other than getting their uh, starters reps in that game. I just, I, this is no, and again, they're shorter than a field goal. The Seahawks can easily go to Tennessee this weekend and lose the game. And oh. then, are, do they come back home and beat the Steelers? I mean, that's the other one, right? Both of those games, at the very best, they're going to be coin flip spots, right? As we know, it's what, two and a half now? For, for this game against Tennessee, I don't think you would go past three, right, if, in terms of playing the Steelers, especially depending on what happens against Tennessee Titans. That, that number, I think that number could go could hit four. Okay. It depends on who the quarterback is going to be. Yep. Trubisky's been an absolute mess, and now we know that what if Rudolph comes in and he's the same guy as Trubisky? Sure. But it's, it's actually it's still a legitimately good defense. It is. So it's going to be a scra- – either way, they're going to scrap with you the entire time. And also – but if we just made the case that the Cardinals are going to give the Eagles a fight – Correct, then you got them. The Seahawks close at Arizona. Yep. And I'm with – because here's the thing, too. I mean, I guess you're assuming that the team in front of you that's going to fall out would be the Minnesota Vikings and that there's going to be room for you. Um, but if you look at the Vikings schedule, for example, they get Lions-Packers-Lions. That last game against the Lions, Detroit could be salted away into the three seed could and be. have nothing to play for and want to get ready because they're going to play the next week. So there's no need to re- like worry about, hey, oh, my God, we don't want to get two weeks off. You're not getting that if you're Detroit. So I think it's, at least in terms of the price, if we're talking about minus 170, well over 50% that you are making it into the playoffs, that seems like a, a, an expensive price given the road in front of them. I don't think uh, the Packers are going to beat the, the Vikings either. That game's going to be at the Dome. Yeah. They lost at Lambeau earlier this year. And uh, the Packers are like, they're not even on the list right now. They're 6-8. and eight. They're behind all these teams that we're talking about. So they went from a minus 250 favorite to make the playoffs before the Giants game last Monday night to where they're sitting at today. It's like minus 250 to miss. And uh, their win total is 7.5 now. They have to win two more games. And that's plus money to the under. Is it a sure thing that the Packers beat Carolina this weekend? I don't think. Is Christian Watson going to play? That's the thing. Like, what about the players on defense? Yep. 
Because it seems at least like Jordan Love had been showing some improvements statistically almost every single week. But the downturn these last two weeks has coincided with Watson getting hurt. I would agree. You know, and I think that that's one of the issues for them. If Watson's going to play, I give him a lot better shot, at least for Love, to look a lot more comfortable out there because Watson had been producing. We were talking about the two games prior, 12 catches on 18 targets or 16 targets for over 150 yards. Yeah. He'd been great. Yep. I don't know. This is a uh, – like the Saints, they're also that, – that game on Thursday night is maybe the biggest one of the entire year that Michaels is going to call on Amazon Prime. They stink. I don't think that I, like the, I thought like with the Saints last week was just such a perfect spot, right? The un, the overvalued Giants with uh, Tommy DeVito, who's uh, allegedly sick of the Italian bleep, going out there on the road and taking on a legitimate defense. Yeah. Yeah, stink. The Saints stink. Yeah, their offense is not good. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a believer in this team. Not at all. And if Olave can't play here against the Rams, I know Derek Carr played well. I, I'm not. I'm not a big Derek Carr guy. No, I don't think anybody is. No, his I don't. Team, the, the, the Saints aren't big there. I mean, how, how often do you see an offensive lineman getting into it with his quarterback coming off the field like that guy did for the Saints? Yeah. That doesn't happen very often. Shocking. It's never happened to Derek Carr before. Well, and now, so they're going to go from playing Carolina and the Giants to now playing the Rams and Matthew Stafford, a team that should have won at Baltimore last week. Yep. I think they're up against it. And they, the Rams show, too, against Washington. Not really a fluke. They're strong. Rams are minus 115 today to make the playoffs. They were plus 240 uh, last week. Yep. All right. DU concurs up next. More than any other team in the league, they cannot screw this up. We shall discuss next. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other, as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Juice Reel is a free betting intelligence app and a tool that every better needs. Juice Reel links your betting accounts into one app, delivers in-depth analytics on your betting history, yet there's so much more. At Juice Reel, you have access to the betting history of billions of bets placed by all Juice Reel users. This in-depth betting analytics with billions of data points enables you to tail the winning bettors and fade the losers. Juice Reel also has developed an artificial intelligence bot using the data from all Juice Reel bets. Robo Jackson picking winners at a rate of 60% through more than 100 games. Find out for yourself. Download Juice Reel like Orange Juice and Reel, R-E-E-L. Download the free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. It's free. Juice Reel. Juice, R-E-E-L. Here we go. Do you concur? JBT filling in today for Paulie Howard. The Rams can give anybody a game in the NFC playoffs, maybe with the exception of the 49ers. Absolutely. I I even think they could give the 49ers a run for their money just because I believe in Sean McVay and the ability to run up a scheme. Uh, I don't think anybody wants to see the Los Angeles Rams. And they have, we call it win equity, right? A team that's been there, done that. Stafford's won playoff games. They won the Super Bowl. They've got a good defensive player that can wreck games. I think absolutely you don't want to see that team. I think everybody wants to watch and get the chance to see the Rams go and play Detroit. Hmm? So Goff can take on his former team. Stafford can play his former team. Also, can they really go to Dallas and give the Cowboys a game? They played there once this year in the regular season. It did not go well. It was a nightmare. I would say that you're not as bad as your worst performance, and that was their worst performance. So I would think they can give anybody a run for their money. By the way, this team was like, what, the third, fourth best odds to have the worst record in the NFL this oh, yeah. year before yeah. the season started? I think their win total lowered from 7.5 to 6.5. Yep. If I recall correctly, nobody was high on this team. Nobody at all. No, no. Great job here by that organization. Uh, I'm one of them, by the way. I thought they were going to be really, really bad this season. The 49ers are the best regular season team I've watched since the 2007 Patriots. So I was thinking really hard about this. The the one that came to mind, there were two teams that came to mind. The first was Peyton Manning's first year in Denver, right, where the, he threw for like 55 touchdowns, and it was a awesome offense. Now, they eventually got smoked in the Super Bowl by the Seattle Seahawks, but that team was dominant, and they were good on both sides of the ball. I considered that team. I considered some others as well. Yeah, I considered also, this one wasn't as good on both sides, so I think this got eliminated. Cam Newton in that one Panthers team that went 15-1 offensively was really freaking good. But I do think in terms of balance, this might be the best team. The 2011 Packers, the year after they won the Super Bowl, yep. started 13-0. At the time, had a chance to be the highest-scoring team of all time. 
lost yep. first one of the playoffs, regular season teams. Also, when I look at uh, the history of DVOA, this team kind of gets lost. They got beat in the Super Bowl as well. The 2013 Seahawks oh, yeah. were phenomenal because that was the year after the Super Bowl win. They went back. They gave the game away against the Patriots. But that defense, when you talk about like best defenses in recent history, you know, the teams that obviously come up are like the early 2000 Buccaneers, the early 2000 Ravens. That Seahawks team, when you go back and look at their numbers, like yards per play, and it, it was comparable to any of them, along with like the 2008 uh, Steelers, and there was a Broncos team. I think that was the yeah, year. Probably. The 2014 Broncos were nuts how good they were defensively. Yeah, that was the be. year they had they hit like Tom Brady 20 times, I think, in the AFC title game. Yep, it was nuts. Now, I will say, I think one of them, I think I remember them more fondly just to, like watching them. That that first year, Brett Favre of the Vikings, that team was freaking awesome. Oh, they too. were really, really good. I would like that was the team that I thought was going to win the whole thing. And they ended up losing in New Orleans and then ended the championship game. But that team, oh, they, they Jared Allen like, was a machine on yep. defense. They had everything. Offensively, they were great with Sidney Rice. Everybody was fantastic. Yep. So yesterday on the show, we kicked around that uh, the coach of the year in the NFL is going to come down to Ryan's or Steichen, in our opinion, and they play final game of the regular season uh, for those two teams. But Kevin Stefanski can steal the award down the stretch. Do you concur? Oh, yes. The way he's got Joe Flacco playing, this is crazy. Watching this happen. Now, that's, I mean, now the touchdown throw from Joe Flacco on Sunday was probably a little bit of luck fitting, fitting into that window and getting the catch and run. But like he's getting adequate quarterback play out of a guy that was just sitting on the couch and doing nothing. And it's aggressive. It's not like it's like, oh, okay, dink and dunk and do whatever. Like he's taking shots downfield. The, all three games so far. Yes. So this is the fourth quarterback they've used. Yep. Again, the guy is watching the ticket, the package at it on his couch, and he comes out. And by the way, Joe Flacco was couldn't play. He was out of the league. He was so bad for the Jets. The offensive line is completely wiped out. You lost a guy who was maybe going to be in the mix for Offensive Player of the Year in Nick Chubb. Hmm. Defensively now, guys are going on IR seemingly every single week. And here you go. They're sitting at, what, 9-5 and five with three games to play? And uh, they're a heavy, heavy favorite to make the playoffs? By the way, when you look at the history of Coaches of the Year who wins that award in the NFL, they're not afraid to give it a guy a second time. He just won it like three four years ago. Yep. They are not afraid to give it to the same coach multiple times. If you're really looking at this... I, there, you'd be hard pressed to find. I think just one other better coaching job huh. in the NFL at this point right now. Well, your your guy, your team, Steichen. Oh, he's good. I, I said it the other day. He's getting Chardonnay out of a rock. He's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's Gardner. We can't forget about that. It's Minshew the entire time here that they're winning with. And there's, you're right. There's not a lot of talent on that team. Oh, none whatsoever. But you also have to consider the Texans, so too, and where they've been for the last handful of years. No, but I, I think too, like when you when you talk about hands that are dealt, right, and what you have to deal with as a coach and maximizing your position to win, like it's it's a it's a different version of what Dable did last year. Dable was incredible with what he got out of this New York Giants team. But the difference is Cleveland, like they could actually make some noise when yes, they get they to the can. playoffs. Like I they would could agree. Do damage. Yep. Going to an eighteen regular season game schedule and or eight playoff teams from each conference would be too much. Do you concur? Yeah, I kind of think so. Like the quality of play is already starting to dip a little bit, especially when you get to these later portions of the year. Just to add another regular season week, to add the risk of injury to some of these teams going into the postseason. And then if you add an eighth team, 
We're talking. I mean, like you look at it right now, especially if we're talking about the NFC. I mean, your eight team is not going to be particularly great. That's what I'm kind of thinking about more here than the actual 18 game regular season. Right. Again, the six, seven, eight, and nine seeds right now are all seven and seven. So do we? This is going to happen on an annual basis. Do we want to put teams that are eight and nine in the playoffs, or with an 18 game regular season schedule, eight and ten? Right. Or seven and eleven? Like at some point, the regular season has to matter. A little bit. You've got to have a winning record, I would think, to get in, unless you're in an awful division. I mean, I'm more of a, you should switch it up to, like, the NBA sort of deal, which is, if you win your division, you're in, but you're seeded by your record. Like, that's got to be something that should be changed. Yes, absolutely, it should. Like, the the winner of the NFC South should not be hosting a playoff game. (laughs) They should be the seventh seed. Yeah, right. The Chargers, more than any other team, cannot screw up their next head coaching hire. Do you concur? I would say absolutely. Off the top of my head when I was thinking about this, just because you know what you have in place with Justin Herbert. You cannot screw that over again for like another three years with the wrong guy. You've got to make sure that this is the right thing. Because you're you're one of the few teams that actually has a quarterback that's worth building. Don't you have to like, but who's the home run hire though? I was going to say, don't you have to break the bank, but they're going to do that anyway. You would th- oh, It's also the Spanos family, so maybe right. not. But wh- who's the can't miss guy? Does that exist? You go, I mean, I don't know if he's can't miss, but like Ben Johnson? I don't offensive, know. Offensive guy to come in and, you know, at least maximize what Herbert has. Like, I think it's all cool to have the conversation with Lincoln Riley. Yep. Because offensively, we would think that's going to work. Because offensively, the guy's awesome. But overall, as a head coach, I don't know. I know it's all, it's, a, it's at an all-time low right now for him. He can still, I think, scheme up a defense very well. You've just got to bring him in and go, bro, you're not drafting this roster. Bill Belichick, I think, would be okay. But you can't give him, like, personnel control. No, no. He's going to coach the team, and that's going to be Yes. It. That would be a, uh, well, I mean, I don't disagree with that. You'd at least get the defense to play adequately. Would you Would you pick up the phone and ask Jim Harbaugh what it would take? Yeah. Because then you can maximize that, and then he'll run himself off because he's kind of an ass, you know? That's, like four that, years. That's the thing. Like, how long does that... Four or five years? Three, four years, maybe max. I don't know. Dean Spano seems like a great guy. I think you'd be able to deal with him. The decision for the Chicago Bears, assuming they land the number one overall pick via Carolina, is not as easy as it seems. Do you concur? Yeah. I think so. Like, Fields has at least shown you enough that I think that if you give him some, like, adequate run here in a good offense that he could still be a, a good starting quarterback in the NFL. And while we think a lot of Caleb Williams and Drake May, they're still, at the very least, unknowns. You don't know what they're going to be. I, I, if I ever see a quarterback as can't miss ever again, like I learned my lesson when I was younger, yeah, nobody's can't miss. Andrew Luck was can't miss. Nobody's can't miss. <laughs> Caleb Williams is not a can't miss prospect. No, he might turn out to be unbelievable. You can't call him can't miss. Because Give we've it seen the way it. He, he played this last year for USC. And we've seen it's it so too many weird. times. And if a te- what if a team thinks that he is can't miss, though, and you're picking you're the number one pick, and they say, well, here's three first-round picks and a, a second and a player, and how do you turn that down? Of course. And here's the thing. So much of it is the situation you land in, too. 100% it is. Look at Geno Smith. Yeah. Um, do we know? What about Bryce Young? All right. If right, like if if the situation is flipped, is C.J. Stroud rookie of the year if he goes to Carolina? Thanks. So. Is Bryce Young better than what he is if he's in Houston? Maybe, maybe he is, and maybe Stroud's terrible in Carolina. I don't know. Uh, professional sports better Paul Stone's going to join the program coming up next. He has three bowl games he likes today. Find out that that's that he likes coming up next year on Decent.
This is Follow the Money on VSEN. VSEN's got the perfect gift for the better in your family. Sign up for our holiday special today. Get VSEN Pro access to everything we do from now through May 1st for only $79. You get a lot of stuff. That includes daily best bets, exclusive betting splits from DraftKings, premium analysis like our daily articles in the NFL, the NBA, college football during football season, college basketball, all sorts of awesome write-ups on the website, 24-7 video, and more. Oh, how about those betting guides as well for the Super Bowl, college bowl games, and March Madness? Don't miss out. Limited time offer for the better in your life. Visit vcin.com slash subscribe. Sign up for the holiday special now. vsin.com slash subscribe. Bull betting here with professional sports better Paul Stone. You can get his podcast. It is called the Paul Stone Sports Podcast wherever you listen to your pods. Uh, Paul, good morning. Thanks for the time as always. Uh, what is it with Western Kentucky and these bowl games? I mean, yesterday was an absolute doozy. It brought on shades of uh, what happened in, when you were involved on this uh, with this team, what, nine, ten years ago in another bowl game? Yeah, I tell you, fortunately, uh, I, I did not have a ticket on Old Dominion on either side yesterday. Although I almost played Old Dominion, but wasn't just entirely confident that Western Kentucky quarterback Austin Reed was not going to play. But 14 years, uh, or not 14 years ago, but nine years ago, back in 2014, some of the listeners and viewers will certainly remember the uh, Bahamas Bowl between Western Kentucky and Central Michigan. Western Kentucky, a three and a half point favorite in that game. I had Western Kentucky minus three and a half on that day, was actually at a a family gathering eating Christmas lunch, checked the scores. It's 49 to 14, Western Kentucky midway through the third. I got Western Kentucky minus three and a half, so I enjoy dessert and just uh, glad to have a winner in my pocket. And then I checked the score an hour or so later, Western Kentucky won 49-48 as Central's close with 34 unanswered points and they won by one but my minus three and a half ticket on western kentucky did not cash so uh they've been involved in a couple of these games now over the past decade fun fun to be involved in those tickets <laughs> really quick with the volatility that we're seeing in this bowl season paul and just in general is this just more of like some of these lower tier bowls where the talent really there's not that much of a difference with some of these depth pieces when we're talking about a group of five teams you know, apparently not. Uh, you know, uh, apparently so. I mean, but it is a rather small sample. I mean, it's very impressionable because, uh, you know, most people are betting most of these games, but I guess we've had seven bowl games now. So it's a relatively small sample size, but certainly there's a an uncertainty piece, and it, it's just uh, kind of seems like it's, uh, you know, uh, just a lot of volatility in the results. And, I mean, yesterday, for instance, and I know he's the, the coach's nephew, but uh, Turner Helton, you know, how he started over uh, Veltkamp, who came in and just played remarkably, uh, is kind of a head-scratcher. So, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. the coaches don't even know the best uh, the best choice. So you just never know. A lot of these guys hadn't played, and the expectation is they won't play well because they've seen so few snaps, so few reps. But some guys, when you turn the lights on, make it happen. But I still feel, you know, confident with some of my picks going forward in the bowl season. But it's going to be interesting when we've played uh, – all these bowls uh, at the end of the, the bowl season, how they all come out. Okay, so you like three games uh, that are all going to be played on Saturday. First off, with Duke and Troy, Troy now up to basically seven-and-a-half-point favorites here, Paul, across the screen. Total is 44-and-a-half. Um, let's pretend this game was a regular season game and Riley Leonard was playing for Duke. Uh, maybe I'm putting you on the spot here, but what do you think that number would be 
um, in that spot? And then what do you think of the the bowl game number here with Troy Lane seven and a half against Duke? I tell you, Mitch, that's scary. It's like you're inside my brain because that's my that was going to be my opening point. Okay, and it still will be my opening point. But if you you under you know kind of underscore what JVT asked, what we're dealing with in some of these bowl games. If this game was played in late September when Raleigh Leonard was healthy, Duke's four and zero, the ranked seventeenth in the nation, I believe, they would have probably been favored by double digits on a neutral. Mm. So uh, wow. that just shows you how much different uh, we're looking here now three months later uh, and two days before Christmas this Saturday in Birmingham. Uh, Sunbelt champion Troy going to be favored by slightly over a touchdown against a Duke team that uh, is in transition, to put it mildly. Uh, and obviously Mike Elko, after going 16-9 and nine in his first two seasons there in Durham, he returns to Texas A&M, where he had previously served as defensive coordinator uh, to become the uh, Aggies' new head coach in late November, succeeding Jimbo Fisher there. You mentioned Riley Leonard. He wasn't going to play anyway in the bowl game due to injury, but he entered the portal, will transfer to Notre Dame. Predictably, numerous other top performers for Duke have entered the portal. They won't play Saturday against Troy. It's always a puzzle to piece, you know, all this portal news together. Uh, but I'm projecting that up to six defensive and five offensive starters for Duke won't be suiting up on Saturday. And again, you know, this includes much of their leadership, much of their many of their upper echelon players, if you will. Troy on the other sideline. They also have lost their head coach, John Sumrall, goes to Tulane. But as far as the portal, their top linebacker, Jaden McDonald, he's the only significant player that we've seen news on to date who's entered the portal. Uh, You just look at it, and this is my least of the three that I'm giving out today. But, uh, you know, Duke just seems to be a skeleton of the team that they were in late September. Mm Going to be a lot of newbies out there. I like Troy, about a seven and a half over Duke. All right, what about James Madison and Air Force? Madison, of course, uh, heavily motivated in their first bowl, Paul, uh, but a lot of personnel in terms of roster and staff are not there, and they're taking on an Air Force team whose season fell apart. Yeah, I mean, you look, first of all, this James Madison team, JBT, second season in the FBS, uh, just such a wild ride. They start the season with 10 straight victories, uh, climb into the AP Top 20. ESPN's college game day comes to Harrisonburg. Uh, their perfect season came to an end uh, the day of game day's visit. Appalachian State upset the Dukes 26-23 in overtime. A lot has happened in the month since uh, game day came to uh, Harrisonburg, though. James Madison head coach Kirk Signetti, he leaves Harrisonburg to take the Indiana head coach job. And on top of that, takes most of the Dukes coaching staff with him to Bloomington. In fact, James Madison, they've had to hire five temporary coaches just to get through the bowl game. Predictably, numerous JMU players are in the portal. It appears, or reports are, that most are going to play in the bowl. Uh, but we'll see if that comes to fruition. Sometimes that doesn't happen. As you mentioned, the Air Force, they start out 8-0, lose their last four games of the regular season to finish 8-4. and But their speedy quarterback, Zach Larrier, he missed the last three games completely, missed most of the game before that. He is the heart and soul of that offense. He is practicing expected to be back for the bowl, as are several other Falcons who've been injured. Never ideal to be facing Air Force's unique option offense, but even more daunting, I believe, with five temporary coaches. Air Force, they've won four straight bowl games. A lot of players from Texas, they love to play in the state of Texas. They're playing in Fort Worth on Saturday. 
Air Force plus two and a half over James Madison. All right, very good. Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, professional sports better Paul Stone. You can follow him on X and get his podcast at Paul Stone Sports, uh, the name there for both of them. So typically, as uh, Utah plays Northwestern out here in Las Vegas in the uh, Las Vegas Bowl, I would like to be backing Utah specifically because of Kyle Whittingham and his career uh, this time of year. You're not going to make a case for Utah. You like Northwestern plus the points. Why so? Yeah, first of all, I, I like you, uh, Mitch. I have tons of respect for uh, Utah head coach Kyle Whittingham uh, and certainly no disrespect to the folks, uh, the fine folks there at the Las Vegas Bowl, but the Utes, the past two seasons have culminated playing in the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. Has to be a little bit of a letdown playing in a in a lesser bowl, if you will. And I don't believe any team in America was as negatively impacted by injuries as Utah this season. Obviously, Cam Rising, their quarterback, didn't play all season. Their standout tight end, Brant Keithy, didn't play all season. The list just goes on and on and on. Now, Utah has additional players who won't play in the bowl, uh, either due to opting out an injury or perhaps in some cases a combination of the two. That includes both of their starting safeties, includes their standout defensive end, Jonah Ellis. He had 16 tackles for loss and 12 sacks despite uh, missing the final two games of the regular season. Northwestern closed uh, strong under their new head coach, David Braun. Uh, closed the regular season with three straight victories over Wisconsin, Purdue, and Illinois to go 7-5. and five. I believe they're the hungrier team. Should have more hands on deck. I like Northwestern plus 6.5 over Utah. All right, very good. So Northwestern there, Air Force plus the points against James Madison, and Troy Lane 7.5 today against Duke. Again, Paul Stone Sports Podcast is the name that you can find wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Paul, thanks so, uh, so much for the time, and we'll talk to you next week. Merry Christmas, okay, pal? Merry Christmas to you guys, and uh, may the Bulls go your way. Mm-hmm. Back at you. Yeah, you don't want to have any uh, Old Dominion losers no. uh, leading into the holiday season here. Unless, as I always say, I'm on the opposite side of you. Then I hope it goes You know, ass up. four people in the Friday night contest, the one we talked to about humans earlier, had Old Dominion minus two and a half. Brutal. That number touched six and a half. You're sitting there laying two and a half, two and a half yeah. in that game. And it, it unfolds like that. That's soul-crushing, man. Unless you're on the other side. I know. I know. Uh, Up next, you won't believe the potential going rate for this player in the NBA, and they have some of the best first quarter and first half numbers in the league playing tonight. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. All I want for the holidays this year is some NBA action. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting five bucks. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code FOLLOW. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code FOLLOW. The crown is yours. All right, Jonathan Von Tobel in today for Paulie Howard, JVT, uh, along with everything else he does here at the network, is our NBA senior betting analyst. So on uh, tonight's card, the Celtics are laying five at DraftKings as we speak against Golden State. Five and a half at some other spots. The total here is 233. I kind of want to bet the Celtics first quarter and first half. I'll explain that in a second. But on the road, Celtics highest power rated team in the NBA. Number two would be who? At this point, probably Denver, I think, would be up there. Because last night they were laying seven and a half against Dallas at home. They obviously didn't win that game, but I think no Denver's Kyrie. up there. Yeah. Yeah, but so Denver would be too. How high would Minnesota be? Minnesota's getting up there, man. They deserve it. I think there's certain spots, like last night, for example, they were floating around like just one and a half or two on the road against Miami. Now, the, the, I was going to say the Dolphins. The Heat got Bam at a buy on Tyler Hero back, so it probably explains a somewhat short number. But Minnesota's definitely got to be, I think they're top five at the very least in terms of power rating. Um, for me, they're very much inside of the top five from a power rating standpoint because they're a perfect regular season team. Bucks and Sixers. Among Six. the other teams? Yeah, Sixers are up there. I think the Sixers would probably have the argument for two. I think they're right there at three, just given the way they're playing offensively. We saw two, like last night, laying about, what, ten and a half against Chicago, uh, nine. And so I, I think that those are probably your top three in that order would be Boston, Denver, Philly, and then Minnesota, and whoever you want to put in there at five. Probably, probably the Bucks, because yep. a lot of respect there for the Bucks. So having said that, the Celtics are 2-7-2 two, two ATS on the road. Has not gone well covering numbers here. However... 
when you look at uh, this is the angle I wanted to bet. I wanted to bet them first quarter and first half tonight. In the first half, they average 62.6 per game. That's the best in the league. They allow JVT 53.9 points per game in the first half. That's the second best. So that's a nine-point differential there in the first half. In the first quarter, they're the third best team in the entire NBA. They average 31 points per first quarter. They allow 25.9. That's also tied for first with the Clippers and the Nuggets. But what kind of a spot is this for Golden State? Who, uh, I mean, let's be honest here. They struggled to put away Portland the other night on the road. Yeah. The second time, too, by the way, they've played. I remember back at home about a week and a half ago, uh, they needed a Steph Curry three with like a less than a minute left to put them away, too. This has kind of been the issue. It, so I, I think that, look, this is an adequately priced game. If you want to bet on Boston, I, I think that it makes sense that you would come in here and back Boston, given how inconsistent the Warriors have been. The wild card for me is is what you're seeing from Clay Thompson and, by extension, Andrew Wiggins after that game against Portland legitimate because Clay Thompson has been awful this year, and so is Andrew Wiggins. But Clay Thompson's last three games, he's averaging 27 points, three rebounds, three assists, but on 54% shooting and fi- shooting 54% from three. So if those, if this turnaround is legit and you're all of a sudden starting to see a Clay Thompson who can all of a sudden score and give you some shooting, then I think that this team becomes a little bit more legitimate in terms of what they can do. Uh, same thing with Andrew Wiggins. Against Portland, 25 points on 9-12 shooting, 4-6 from three-point range. The guy had been abysmal all season long. So if these turnarounds are real then I think the Warriors are the side here. But it's just the thing is, can you predict that these turnarounds are legitimate for both Wiggins and Thompson after a season of inadequate play? I'll give you another one. Tie that in to Steph Curry's last game. Yeah. When he had his three-point streak snapped. Did not make a three for the first time in like 260-plus games. So they're also hyped for this game, knowing exactly how good Boston is. A rematch of the finals two years ago. Now, this is you know, distant memory at this point, Boston went there to Golden State two years ago and won 110 to 88. They blew the doors off Golden State. So I don't know if they still maybe have that taste in their mouth, but you have all of that considered where Clay's playing better now. So is Wiggins, who was kind of having a trashy season, let's be honest here. Mm-hmm. And then Curry's streak was snapped. You would expect him to bounce back, and that doesn't happen to that guy. So does he hit seven, eight threes tonight? That's probably, it's possible yep. with him. And, and Boston is, I don't know how people view these things. I, I don't view these spots as generally negatives. I actually view them maybe not even as positives, but Boston is pretty, we'll call it well-rested in that they're just getting done with a five-game homestand. So like they were in Boston from, the, uh, from October th- 5th uh, onward there. So they played in Indiana in the quarterfinals, got knocked out. They went home immediately, had three days off, and they've been in Boston ever since. So this is a team that's been practicing, that's been ready, that has been getting time to at least just sit there and gel with one another. And again, practice time is very few and far between. So when you get these home stands, you get to pack that in. So I, I do think that it's somewhat favorable for Boston that they've been able to be at home and be together and just kind of play with one another. Another game tonight, it is a small schedule. Last night's schedule was awesome. loaded to the gills. Uh, Spurs catching 16.5 against the Bucks. And the opening total that I noticed anyway last night was 247.5. That's been bumped up to 249.5. The Bucks at home are 11-4 and four to the over, and they've gone over on average by almost nine points per game. Yep. So, like, where are the stops coming from on the Spurs side tonight? 
I don't know. I don't think they're coming. And here's the thing. Really quietly, the, the Bucks in the month of December, 6-1 and one straight up, 5-2 and two against the spread. They're actually starting to cover these numbers, and they're starting to turn some things around here and at least figure things out. Like Damian Lillard has definitely started to look a lot better in this offense overall. And I think that this is the, the tact you're going to take. They're still, I think, a below average defensive team, but they're getting a lot closer to average than where they were at the beginning of the year. This offense, though, their last seven games, Mitch, 129.5 points per 100 possessions. They have been just blasting teams. So I think you're looking at this. There's one of two ways. You can lay 16 and a half. In some of these situations, I think the more favorable route is to go. I've been betting a lot more team totals this year. You're attacking this from just a certain team's perspective and how they're going to be able to have some success. And coming in and backing Milwaukee from a team total standpoint against the Spurs team, that's not going to have any match for them defensively or be able to stop them, I think would be the way to go. If you think they're pretty live here at 16 and a half, consider betting over their team total because the way they're doing that is by going over their team total with an offense that's been averaging nearly 130 points per 100 possessions and on garbage time since the start of the month. Well, that's going to be the team total tonight. Yeah. It's going to be around 130 in this game based on the point spread and where the total's at right now. Tell you what it is right now. Let's see, 133 and a half. Yeah, so that's... But but the crazy part is it's it's attainable given how poor (laughs) San Antonio's been. Now, here's the problem. If when you're talking about betting over 133 and a half, you do want San Antonio to keep this somewhat they have to within shooting distance. It was a 35 point game in the third quarter. Yep. But we also did see, and maybe it was just the Indiana thing. Maybe it was because he, you know, was well, he wanted to run the score up. They did run it up against Indiana at the beginning of the week, right? Like but they put Giannis back in with less than two oh, minutes that left was to go. Ridiculous. And he was happened. just parading the free throw line because he wanted to get over 60 points. Um, I, I, I do think that this is a team just because of how bad the vibes have been. They'd be willing to keep going when the game is clearly out of reach. Okay, so is it fair for me to lump in the Spurs with a team like the Pacers and the Wizards in terms of overall defense? Oh, yeah. And, and kind of games that they play in. Yeah. So, well, and everybody knows at this point the games that the Pacers have played in so far this yep. year. I mean, they played a game that was 157 to 152 in regulation. So that's all you need to know. Last night, for an example, they gave up 151 to the Clippers. So that's a blowout in the second half and it didn't matter. The Clippers still scored 151. And the Wizards are, uh, you know what, to their credit, maybe playing. They gave the, the Suns all they could handle the other night. Yep. But they allowed 143 last night, including 46 in the third quarter to the Kings. So the Kings went over their win total as well. So these teams, when, I guess my point is, when the Spurs, Pacers, Wizards, three of the absolute, you know, they play at fast paces and or they have really bad defenses, the opposing team totals are touching 135, 140, even 150 sometimes. The common thread between those two, three, those three teams as well, all three teams, top three in terms of pace, bottom five in terms of defense. That's exactly the perfect recipe yep. then. So you're, and Milwaukee, by the way, is top five in terms of pace. So they're going to be willing to run up and down the floor. The possessions, you're going to get about, you should get about 105 possessions in this game, which is a lot. High efficiency. It's going to be, like you said, 133. And by the way, it's 133 shaded to the over at minus 120. Well. All right. You want to play an alt total over 139 and a half? Say, yeah, 142. Will they, will, will they touch 140 tonight in the game? They could. The way these games are going with these, some of these bad defensive teams. The Let me ask you this, as long as we're on the Spurs. And we'll get into uh, more awards betting. People love betting uh, on the awards. doesn't matter what's, what the sport is. When you look at the rookie of the year in the NBA, now it shifted a little bit last night because Chet Holmgren was so good. I would actually ask, did it shift enough? At DraftKings this morning... Chet is minus 125. Wembenyama is minus 115. I, I, 
Say what? Say on the air what you told me before the show started today. If if Chet Holmgren's name was Victor Wembanyama with his stats, he'd be like minus seven fifty. He would. The, the market loves Wembanyama. Obviously, a lot of this has to do with hype. I think his profile is so much better than Victor Wembanyama's in almost every single statistic. And they're playing on a good. He plays on a really good basketball he's, team. He's impacting he's, a he's, good basketball he's, team. Yeah, big reason why. We'll expand on this as well later on. Can, you have time here to explain the possible going rate for. Laurie Markkinen. Oh, Kevin, uh, Kevin O'Connor over at the Ringer reported, because Larry Markkinen is going to get traded. I'm going to do my Paul Howard. I'm trying to remember. Um, that a, a package subsequent to or equal to Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. So five-ish first-round picks and or a player of equal consequence would be the going rate for Larry Markkinen at the trade deadline. Five first-round picks. Yeah. No shot they get that. There's no way that's the actual package. That's clearly a Utah source. It's got to well, be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's got to yeah. be. We'll talk uh, college basketball futures up next. John Fanta covers the sport. I'll ask him if he could only place one wager on a team to win it all today, who would he bet on? Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.